0: Okay, she's recording, she's successful, she's good. Okay, let's try and be let's try and be professional, Matthew. Professional. Um, um, professional women. L'Oreal Professional. Okay, let us begin. Um, how does my intro go? It goes like this, okay. In the world of floral design, there are so many Oh <laughs> <laughs> Okay. <laughs> okay. Let me do it again. Um, in the world of floral design, there are so many educational, heartfelt, really serious podcasts. Do you know where to find them, Darl, or are
1: you just telling me? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just telling you in case in case you wanted to broaden I'm, your mind. Good morning. I'm not interested no, in making something like how- that. I would rather be honest love like i'm sick of all of this honest. all of this you are so beautiful hashtag blessed floristry podcast no love i want i want to talk about going broke <laughs> then publishing a book like that's that's my my idea of fun <laughs> <like>.
0: <laughs> well i have to be honest with you there is something i think in our incredibly passionate um audience is that I think they I think they come for the realness and they stick they stick around for it too. So that's something we are very proud to deliver wholesale and of course direct account. Do you know it's funny, I think people come people obviously come because we're hilarious. Like that's a given. People oh, naturally. Yeah,
1: mediocre florists but hilarious. Um mm. but I think that people you are like the Priscilla Chan of floristry Like there's only like half a dozen Official sightings of you in the wild In your whole career
0: I'm not even joking
1: <laughs> I'm not even joking
0: Well you know that is kind of true actually I will take the Priscilla Chan analogy Because what I have learned No, actually you know what Before Covid And especially in the two years When I was freelancing So I came back from New York when I was 25 Five, uh, 25, which is, oh my God, nine years ago. Uh, Fuck my life. Um, And I freelanced for two years. And during those, those two years of freelancing, I would take any job. If you, if you had a loose fiver going, I'd be there. You know what I mean? I'd pop up. I'd make a hand tie for you and give you a wing you know I, mean? I, I travelled everywhere. And if I remember, I'd go to, like, I'd take a job in, like, Holland for 500 quid. I'd take a job in Scotland for, like, no money. Like, I'd go, do you know what I mean? Like, I would travel everywhere and do absolutely everything. And then when I started um, the business, like, proper when I was 27, I realized, oh, like, I can make more money like here, like just being here, like <laughs> yeah. not, ha- not having to like prostitute myself around Europe yep. or around America or wherever it would be. And then as the business has developed, especially since COVID when we started taking everything online with, you know, flower class and with, um, you know, the online master class and stuff, that has just compounded, you know, d- times a million. If I can, you know, I, you might. She, doesn't, this, eat, she doesn't even I- need to leave the bedroom. Days. I don't leave the bedroom no I have an IV drip I have one of those yeah. hats with soda she's a living she's round. a living love yeah <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah because I, it's a, you know once you build a business and you're you know it's doing well Um, you know yeah well, I probably dressed in like the morning. I work from home mostly now yeah my, well put it you know my commute my commute used to be Manchester to Liverpool and it used to be you know twice a day because that's how a commute works and then I would um, there would be two hours of a day you know ten hours a month or well, 10 hours a week you know 40 hours a month commuting which is like it's a week's worth of work That's mad. so um I must admit my health is better now I don't have to commute and I do commute to my studio my studio is in North Manchester but it's only like a, like 20 minute commute depends on the traffic but it's not it's like, like she
1: has spent minutes. longer than 20
0: minutes in the drive through at McDonald's like well, we all, we, have. All, we have. all have. We all have. You know what? I'll tell you a little secret. We had a McDonald's last night because we could not be bothered cooking. Because um, we've been to the studio in the afternoon doing bits and pieces because we have like wreath classes and all that kind of stuff. So we had like the things that like, to prepare. And we've just finished a big Christmas in the storm. We've got two more coming up. So we were just doing bits anyway. And you're know, we just not in the mood. Um, So we were like, oh, let's just like, we'll just get like a McDonald's. But we, we all, like, uber. Eat order kind of like uh-huh, comment. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um to skip the drive through and all the rest of it. And it was just disappointing upon arrival. Uh, you know when it's like it's a bit cold, uh, they don't send yeah. the sauces. Yeah. And you're just like, this is not worth the calories, but no. fuck it. Yeah. you
1: know what I mean? <laughs> but fuck it's it, sad, we'll, we'll yeah. order Burger King as well. Why
0: not? You me. know, she, she she says with half the Big Mac in her mouth it's not worth the calories. <laughs> um but you know, it's gotta be done. Well, welcome to today's um festive retail spectacular.
1: You know. Ooh. I'm so festive. I actually um actually it's funny. I'm gonna show you, hang on, let me I wanna show you my Christmas tree. So you wanna hear a funny you story? A yeah, oh, my so Christmas nice. tree's up. So um here I'm gonna message you. So Saturday afternoon. We, uh Instagram, yeah? Uh, yeah, I'll Instagram you. Okay, so Saturday afternoon, my girlfriend, uh-huh. my darling girlfriend, Barbara, she came over. You know, you know, I love uh-huh. I love spending time with Barbara. Anyway, she comes over uh-huh. and she's just like, um, she walks in my front door and she dumps on my kitchen bench. And I thought, you know what? <laughs> you know what, darling? I'm going to nip down to the back and I'm going to go and get the Christmas tree. Because if we're having... <laughs> we're putting my Christmas tree up, love. And it is... <laughs>
0: Matthew! This goes out all over the world! I'm serious! For anyone listening, this is a humorous anecdote. It's not real. He didn't do... <laughs> while decorating his Christmas tree. My God. Oh, that didn't... is a beautiful tree. Isn't she nice? Hang on, I've just done Your a... Your living room looks so different to the last time I... Oh, the no, couch is It's a tip it at the moment, But, yeah... Um, oh, I like the black, though. When did you add the black in? Oh, That's like smart. three like years ago, girl. Fuck <laughs> off. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's been a while. It's been a while, It's been a while since, while been been a been while since you've been Yeah, it. it's been a while. I love the dining table as well. I think you had a glass one last time. I yeah, think. no, she's got... Last she's, time I was oh my God, in your house, so long ago. Luna... Luna was like three so old. So young, she was years. So, so,
1: so young. young. <laughs> <laughs>
0: okay, so just to reiterate, um, you might have,
1: have to this edit switch, this. But- this podcast episode doll I mean I don't know whether people yeah
0: you know what I think we will I think we will but obviously it's all anecdotal it's all a joke it's all humour it's not real and we don't control I'm don't... just being a proper myth, love <laughs> <laughs> so for our festive Rita you know what I love about when we're in these kind of moods is mm. I am like clinging to the side of the cliff like <laughs> with my heels and my fingernails and I'm trying to cling to like professionality and reason and you are sw- winging off my leg lower down the cliff 100% I am literally
1: (laughs) revving a Volvo a 25 year old Volvo on the side of a cliff that's got no tread on the tyres and I am just (laughs) spinning the (laughs) tyres she's freewheeling she is love she's got one arm out the window cigarette in mouth saying get in love get in the
0: car and I'm like no! no. Uh... Alright, so obviously our last episode in our trio to finish off Season 2, we talked a lot about, you know, a good, good little girly catch-up we had, and today we're talking about retail, and we're talking all about the goodness of, well, where retailers are really, and especially in respect to Well, in respect to kind of, you know, the festive period, everything that's coming up and, you know, I know that you have told me there's been so many changes to retail, um, you know, in the past couple of months and well, especially in the past like year or so. Mm. So what what are you kind of seeing out there? I definitely
1: think uh, when we think about retail, right, and then we think about retail floristry, I think that it's it's so different as well, because retail floristry is so different in my mind to what I remember when I first started working in a, you know, a shop up environment like 20 plus years ago, uh, Uh uh completely different, you know, like a a florist shop 20 plus years ago was like a gift shop, a party shop, a florist. It had balloons. It had teddies. It had every crap. uh, Yankee candles. Yes. Yankee candles. You know, it had everything. And, Nowadays, I feel like we've finally gotten to a place where like a florist is a florist. It's more refined. You're going in there, you're buying flowers, you're buying plants, you're buying um, homewares that suit the flowers and plants. And we've, we've managed to get there, which I think is full circle and it's a really good place. But now I feel like COVID has really redirected how we shop obviously as retailers so I'm definitely noticing going out like Christmas shopping and stuff like that in other retailers now that we're really looking at things that you only really want to touch and see and smell in real life Mm. rather than risking Mm. ordering them online does that make sense?
0: no totally i mean that actually does mimic what is going on in the the macro economy essentially Uh. the big tech players recently with you know uh twitter and facebook and um microsoft and google have had huge layoffs in the past you know like two to four months um and i think a lot of these larger tech companies you know mark zuckerberg and bill gates and all the rest of it i think they made big bets on the face of the pandemic know everything went digital Uh -uh. everything went online Uh and they started to think that okay well this is the way people are going to live like it's never going to go back you know everything's going to be online and you've got you know delusional people like mark zuckerberg burning through 10 billion a quarter 10 billion a quarter um on a metaverse, because he believes that... that, that, That's the... Oh, insane. I mean, unfortunately, he he only has, I think, he has about, like, 13% shares or something, but because of the way the shares are weighted, he actually has, like, 60-something, like, 63% um, voting power, so he doesn't have anyone who invests in Facebook, you, 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 he doesn't have really a board to answer to because at the end of the day, he has uh, the, you know, the controlling stake uh, uh, to decide what uh, he's going to uh, do. Um, but the fact of the matter is is that it's a bet that isn't paying off. I think that, yes, so much has gone online, and I believe it will, life will continue incrementally um, to go online, but things in the real world will will always be valuable. I don't think we will ever move to a society where everything is fully online, everything's fully digitised, no one right. The house, do you know what I mean? Uh There's always a place, and there's always an importance to a good physical experience and that is where if you are in like a retail flower shop like especially this time of year when everything is smelling so good and so Uh -uh. festive and gorgeous Uh um you can you know there's a reason there for people to pop in just to be delighted by like the stock you have not because they actually need you know x y or z Uh i I kind of feel that i I do agree with you like flower shops over the year are definitely getting there and i see Uh um you know shops that are really, really gorgeous on on in, <laughs> ironically on Instagram, um, <laughs> and I think, gosh, they are really, really stunning. And it's all about, I think, putting your brand first, isn't it? Really, get making the store percent. an extension yeah. of the brand. You know, you did a great job of that. I always felt oh, like she does whenever you uh, yeah yeah she does yeah you know I never went to Claire I think I went to Claremont before you opened and you were like this is the unit. This is like we're gonna do this, yeah 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 yeah, 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 yeah. And I was like, "Oh, cool, you know." But i was been to the HQ and all the restaurant. And you know, when you walk in, you know your buildings, you know it's an ML store. And I feel that Floris could do maybe a little a bit of a better job of that. Of like when you walk in, you know, oh, okay, this is well, this is where I am. You know what I mean? Yeah,
1: I agree. And it's 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 that point of difference. It's like I, I am right now sat at my dining table. I could literally. If I wanted to, or if I could, I could probably sit here for two or three hours and burn through what, ten or $15,000 buying mm. nothing. You know what I mean? Like buying things completely sight unseen. I have literally sat here and spent that kind of money on designer shit, on house stuff and not even left my house. Like why would I want to go and start my car at $2.50 a litre to drive down to a shopping centre to go and smell the great unwashed and line up in queues in order to <laughs> retail shop like you know yeah. like it, it it doesn't make sense whereas like <clears throat> back in the day you didn't even think that of that meant you didn't have that mentality you just picked up your car keys you got in the car and you went and you went shopping
0: yeah and i think that it's simply because of the way society is going more and more is going to be online however there is a reason and a necessity for if you are a retail flower shop and you're focusing on you know daily deliveries there is a factor that is important to have like a really good solid retail presence what advice do you have for floral designers who are maybe like starting out and maybe they're looking to do their first peak their first christmas um you know or it's like it's the first time they're kind of coming into this season and they're not sure what to offer or how to go about it what are, what are your kind of top tips that you would share?
1: Uh, Obviously having a point of difference. So Mm -hmm. having a a really unique um, point of difference for your, or, you know, a USP, a unique selling point for your business, your brand, and for Mm -hmm. your client. Um, But you should know your clients so intimately that you know what they want. So whatever your demographic is asking for, you have it there ready to sell them, whether they know that they want it or not. It speaks to the right person. So, for example, I would have made sure if I still had retail in-person stores this year, the way that the market is at the moment, I would have absolutely this year done a gift with purchase. So I absolutely would have done so, you know, my signature candles, they fly Mm -hmm. off the shelves. I can't sell Mm -hmm. enough of them. I would have actually made a special run, a limited edition of a a special scent or something like that. And I would have done a miniature. And if you spent over $300 or something like that, you would have got a limited edition miniature ML candle. Like, yeah, I think that's that's what I would have done this year.
0: I think that's a nice way to go. I always think and I always recommend to, you know, my students is, you know, don't discount always add value if it's something <laughs> that value. you can add on especially if it's something digital that you can add on mm-hmm. um, which can, can create value and has like meaning yeah. and is actually useful mm-hmm. to people then that is so powerful to do so like we've been talking about it in flower class and the membership talking a little bit about like you know um, so with, what other things could you offer and so some ideas we came up with were like you could you know, if you're planning in advance you know, October, November we create a little festive um, decorating guide like a little super simple doesn't cost a lot it can be um you know shut on your iphone all of that kind of stuff put together in a pdf and if someone you know if, you know if you pre-order to push pre-orders if you pre-order before the 10th of december or before the uh-huh. you know first of december you will automatically receive our you know free decorating guide or da-da-da-da. these are the things you can do that are essentially like digital little freebies that actually uh-huh. have you know as long as they have a value and have something um that your consumer will, you know, appreciate and, and, and have meaning for. Um, then add that kind of anything additional. I think that costs you very little. Um, to recreate that you can use time and time again to add on that perceived additional value, I think is you know a, a great way to be like you know oh hey so you know or you're on our mailing list or you know you popped into the store have you ordered your you know any of your celebration holiday flowers Christmas flowers whatever it might be um, you know if you want to pre-order before the first of December or whatever it might be, you know whatever date you want to pick you'll also get access to our dah, 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 dah. or as you said if you spend over X amount you know we'll give you this free. But about whatever it might be. hmm I think... Good, it's a good the, thing. It's a good thing. Yeah,
1: totally. Um, and just jumping in on a, a, a sort of a different topic there, something that mm. I've been thinking about a lot today, knowing that we were talking about this tonight, is yeah. when I, you know, I am no stranger to spending money I don't have in luxury stores. <laughs> Neither are uses. Right?
0: <laughs> so <laughs> You know one of the things that I noticed during the pandemic, right? I was um I have a you know, I'm not afraid to say, you know what, fuck it. I have a walk in wardrobe. Who doesn't? Um proper, and proper, proper, yeah. proper Walk yeah. And I looked at the designer bags that I thought and I was like Wow, what a total fucking waste of money!
1: <laughs> total waste of money.
0: Total I'm never gonna take money. them out again. Obviously, I've used them since, but when the pandemic it was happening, I was like, "Great, that's um, you know, seven grand there on the shelf. That is uh, yeah, yep. Never gonna, never gonna be used ever again. People are fighting yeah, for no. tissue paper and blue roll in the streets. Yeah, but you're yep. welcome to come and swap your asshole
1: on my Givenchy. Just <two>. story. <laughs> so. Ugh. <laughs> so, anyway, so something I was thinking about today is like, okay, so I was in. Do you have cotton on in the UK? I can't remember. Cotton on? What's that? Cotton on. Oh, it's it, okay. So it's similar to Primark, right? Oh, uh, no. So, okay, we
0: don't have it then, no.
1: Right. So we have cotton on here. And like, it's one of those stores, a little bit like Primark. You go in there and you're standing at the counter and they're like, are you on our mailing list? What's your phone number? You know, and it's it's one of those, and it's hideous. And I was in there with a friend, and he gave his phone number, and I was like, why on earth you signed up to their stupid man?
0: Phone number? Oh, no way. And he was just
1: like, I don't even know how or why I got signed up. And I thought, okay, there's something to be said about this, because when I walk into a luxury store, I love, and I don't only want to be noticed Um, by name, I want to make sure that I'm on their proxy mailing list. Like, if I don't have a client profile and a client card in a luxury store, like, I may as well be dead. I mean, I can't imagine walking into Louis Vuitton in Perth and them not knowing who I am. I would stop breathing right there <laughs> in the, in the of the store. Honest to God, having to wait in line, I couldn't imagine. So what is it about that, right, that mentality, how do we then translate that to our business where our customers actually want to have a client card, mm. they want to be on, their, on your client list, they want to be one of your clients, they want you to reach out to them mm. and email them and say, hey, look what we've got. Got this spring, we've got our new spring collection, and then in summer, hey, look at our summer or our Christmas collection, you know, blah, blah, blah. Like, how do we make that happen with our clients so that we have that tribe or that cult following? Because it's really tacky when you walk into like a store like Primark and they're like, would you like to join our mailing list?
0: No, Mm. No, I I would not. Not at all. Not ever. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's all about giving before you get is Uh what I do, and I also think it's about building... She tops before she bottoms. Exactly, yep, and it's always about, in addition to that, building a really desirable brand. I feel that for so many floral designers out there, and I'm guilty of this with my own flower studio, Joseph Massey Flowers, because Joseph Massey Flowers was never the biggest part of my business, and because it was never the sole focus of what I was doing, we had the UK School of Floristry and me, you know, doing art and bits and pieces and all the rest of it. Um, I never branded it as strongly as it should have been, or could have been, you know what I mean? It definitely could have been branded stronger. It could have been more identifiable it could have been more premium but because it was one third of everything that i was doing to be honest with you it it kind of did very well for itself despite you know Uh, in in spite of itself i would say but it definitely could be improved and i think that one thing that i could have done and that probably a lot of florists out there could have done is come up with a stronger brand identity that they can then follow through so people actually not only see you as you know a florist they see you as Matthew Landers or Joseph Massey or something else because you don't, you want to move your business beyond just being you know, the service that you provide. You know, you wanted to move beyond just being, oh, that's where I get my flowers, that's where I buy my tulips, that's where I pick up a candle. You want it to be a case of, oh, I go there. It's a relationship. Correct. I go there because Mm. it makes me feel a certain way or I get excited by what they do or it brings me joy, it brings me They know me by name. Exactly. They
1: know what I like. They know what I love.
0: They know what I don't like. Yeah, and that's really, really important to do. I also think that when you're talking about data capture, I think it's one of the biggest Things that florists often fail on. I would probably say that, I um, um, mean, this is maybe a generalization, I would probably say that at least half of all florists don't have an email list, or any form of data capture, and I would probably say those that do, consider a box on their website that just says, join our mailing list, as mm-hmm. you know, the be-all and end-all. Like, that's the only, you know, that, that's that's they've done the job, box-ticked data capture. Whereas, I feel that bigger brands, fashion or otherwise, do a much better job at data capture. They'll have little campaigns, or little stories, little videos, which are not directly... Um, selling anything but the brand. They're not, you know, it's not all about a new shoe. It's not all about like a new whatever. But it'll be like a little you know, view our summer collection or view the story with um, the Tom Ford or whatever it might be. Um, which encourages you to get involved, to go on their website, to check it out, to watch it on YouTube, to subscribe to them. It's more, you have to give before you get, I think. And that's something that I've really been learning a lot as we move so much more about business online, is that you have to, you know, you can't just, if you sit back and go, join my mailing list, you might get, one mental person who might do it but if I say to you yeah. oh well if you you know if you pre-order your bouquet or if you want to join our mailing list you get this free guide or I can give you this or you get a free whatever the impetus is so much stronger for people to actually get involved in it, it starts to build that relationship that you're talking about that connection
1: mm-hmm. it's the relationship you know it's like you <clears throat> you won't give yourself to person you know without dating them why without going out with well you know we've all (laughs) fucked up but you know but what i mean is like you know that that courtship you do it with a business as much as you do it with a person yeah people do business with people (sighs) people yeah it's so true and and i you know i think it's I think about my success and people have bought into me. They're not they're not buying into like the beautiful stuff that we create. They they they're there
0: to have me tell them this is what you're going to buy now, hand over your damn money. Yeah, a million percent and there's so much to be said there I think for having a real um for being a part of your business, you know what I mean? It, no matter how kind of visible you want to be or how often you're kind of out there or whether you attend networking events or whatever you don't, but there is something to be said for that, you know, people do business with people and it is very, very profitable to be likable and friendly or even, you know, just to be there to offer your professional services, whatever it might be, there is a real value to that I think for sure and it, it translates over even more when you're in a retail environment you know when you're in that space and you're having to actually speak to people, see people, you know serve people then you really do want that kind of likability factor, we always say one thing that we have that we talk about all the time is like know, like and trust and how it's a, it's a journey for a, a consumer or a client to first of all see your brand or your flower shop and kind of acknowledge it and know it's there and then over time Maybe they see more of what you do and see it on social media or your website. They like what you do, and then eventually they come to trust your brand. And that is some, that's often where all of the sales will happen. Most most people will make a sale once they trust and believe that you can deliver whatever it is that you're selling over people who just see it and go, "All oh, right, fine, I you know I'll just buy it because it's the product that I, I need at that time," you know. Uh-huh. Absolutely, 100% agree. Mm. With that in mind, what key things would you be doing right now to prepare to kind of boost your sales um, across the Christmas period? Were you a big fan of doing any kind of like early bird offers or any like promotions or anything of that kind of thing to like drive sales in kind of before that final, you know, five days or seven days before the event? Oh, 100%. I am a
1: huge fan of private shopping events. Mm -hmm. So I absolutely love for all of my clients to think that they're VIPs. Oh, boy, so rather that. than just having yeah, rather than just having one VIP night, you have multiple VIP nights. Mm-hmm. So I used to have like five and they'd run concurrently. So they'd run five consecutive nights because what it would do is I would deliberately separate people that I knew had a connection to another one of my clients mm. so that they would say, oh, are you going to Matthew's VIP party tonight? And they'd be like, no, I'm going on Wednesday. Mm. And then they'd be like, I wonder why she's going on Wednesday and I'm going tonight. So what it would do, it would create an an allure of um, exclusivity and make people feel more special than someone else. So what would happen is they would absolutely die to um, – Tell their friend, oh well, I bought this uh, on this night, and then they go, oh well, that wasn't available the night I went, but I got this. Oh well, that wasn't available the night I went. So yeah, I would um, create these bullshit shopping events for all of my clients, <laughs> and like I said, I would just sell them crap they don't need, and like that was that was the whole aim of the game. it's just like before we even, you know how you know how back in the day, you know, we'd get when we were working for other people and hating our life, we would every year get lectured by our employer being like, oh, we've got so many of these poxy baskets stuck in the store and we need to sell this bloody basket at Christmas yeah. time, right? So we'd end up having to dream up something hideous for a specific type of basket that's been sitting out there since before we were born. Mm-hmm. And so I, do the, I used to do the exact same thing, but I would sell that to VIPs before... The we even opened for general shopping, so I would have got rid of all the old
0: and naff shit. And sold it to VIPs telling them it's new and fucking beautiful. Well it's all in our industry it's all about presentation, isn't it? it's all about how you can take something that you have and turn it into something that somebody wants and I, I really actually kind of agree with your definition of like you know shit they don't need because what we offer mm-hmm. is not an essential service no matter how gifted you are or how brilliant you think you are or you know whatever it, it is that you know you do on whatever level in our industry essentially it's stuff that people don't need you know it's not bread it's not water it's not you know heat it's not you know you don't need it no exactly so we need so part of i think a great floral designer's job is to create that desirability in what you're actually doing you know so make it something that not only that you are proud of and that you want but also that your customer kind of will crave and think, oh, that's fabulous, that's amazing. And of course, if you can use like older stock or repurpose, you know, maybe items that haven't sold, you know, previously, then all the better, you know. I, I, I have a big warehouse. Well, for me, it's a big warehouse. It's about, uh, it about 5,000 square feet. And we have um, quite a lot in there that I don't use on a regular basis that I don't use day to day. But then when I have, you know, festive jobs or I have other bits and pieces come up, that is absolutely when it will come into its own. And I'm not having to purchase X, Y, and Z because I have the stock that I can reuse. And it just makes everything so much so much more profitable if you already have it to begin with we do jobs you know especially festive at this time of year you know festive decorating and some of my baubles they are absolute whores they go out year after year you know to different people reuse time and time again and i think it's wonderful because i sit there and just laugh at the money pouring into my lap because it's so handy to be able I, to reuse those things and if you're doing that like in a media. retail environment then even better 100% I couldn't
1: I can't even tell you like how many times I have sold something to someone and they're like this is revolutionary I've never seen anything like this before this is the most breathtaking shit I've ever <laughs> laid my eyes on and I thought I finished that out of some n- discount bin at a wholesaler five years ago and forgot about
0: it <laughs> tell me a little bit about it do you have any really fabulous examples of, like, great retailing with, you know, either for the, you know, during the festive period or just, you know, year-round – or any really terrible examples of you know stores that you have seen it doesn't have to be flor it can be floristry you know related or it can just be like random stores that you've gone into and that you're like this is fabulous can I lead with the first one so I remember a couple Do of it, months, a ready. couple of years ago a couple of months ago a couple of years ago we went to Dover Street Market uh, in London. I would never buy anything from there because I thought it was a total fucking shit show. I know it won when it was going. It won loads of awards for like conceptual retail design and all the rest of it, I remember walking in, and there was, like, a man in a full-on red latex, you know, gimp outfit, um, stood there, you know, offering trays of earrings, and I thought, I'm a young contemporary queer, and I don't, what the fuck is this? Do you know what I mean? It wasn't, Palatable, to amazing. Who the fuck is this for? And I, I, I would, I would have felt in that store so fucking alienated by everything because I think you can be too cool for cool sake, do you know what I mean? And yeah. Dover Street Market yeah, was yeah. like, okay, so say we went to like I, they the third floor, and there was like what I can say, like, I think it was a like gorgeous, well, like a meadow garden, um, but made out of fucking, like, leftover pieces of, like, plywood, and I was like, it just looks like someone's gone round with a hammer and bashed everything to pieces, like, what is this meant to fucking be? And I'm like, in my 20s at this point, or early 30s, you know, relatively cool, relatively, you know, finger on the pulse I would like to think of design and art and all the rest of it. And I just remember walking around there thinking this place is a fucking shit show. I actually remember probably saying to you how the fuck does this place pay its business rates? You know, how is it in I existence? Remember I remember how are they paying this- for the talcum yeah. powder for that man to stand in his gimp outfit with trays of earrings? It's mental. So that was an example of what I think is quarter of a million pounds in style Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <stuff>.
1: yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> uh, it's that kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. Like, you look at it and go, oh, it's all very well. Wow. And you know what? You can, I'll just dive into that very briefly because I'm on the fucking train right now going to, uh, go that way. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think there is so much you can, it's like, I think on social media and there can be so much bullshit going around. You can see, you know, a company who can position themselves like the coolest, best, like freshest. Oh, we do things so differently. We're so cool. We're so cool, we're so different. Oh, our logo's been clipped off, we're so cool, and then they go bankrupt, and you're like, so all the way along, you were just bullshitting the industry. You weren't actually valuable, you couldn't actually afford what you were doing, but you made it harder, or you alienated every not alienated everybody else, but you know what you did wasn't actually helpful for the industry because it's setting a false pretense to students and to, you know, other florists and you know everyone else who's looking at what you're doing and maybe thinking, oh, is is this the direction I should go? Is should I invest in my business like this? Is this is this the way forward? And it turns out when you get when you it's go delusion. fucking bankrupt, it's not the way fucking forward. Love, um, I think you can see that really easily, but that's not retail, and I'll rest my case. to Talk about it another day. Um, <laughs> go on. What are your <laughs> what are your examples of good things or bad things that you might
1: have seen? Okay, so good things to me in terms of in-person retailing would be... My favourite in-person retailing store would be Swarovski. Um, Everything in a Swarovski store is always priced. So there is always a price next to the item. It's always... Yeah, it's always dust yeah. free, and it leads you on a journey. So each store is individually curated, and it leads you on a journey through the store of things that you can afford, things that you can't afford, um, impulse purchasing, and then you know it. It tells the story of the brand as well. It gives you an explanation of like this is what we we'll do. This
0: crystal is our, clear.
1: Yeah, uh, crystal clear. Yeah, crystal clear. And it's just like. It's true, sis. It's like the, the provenance of the product, you know, like the heritage of the brand, their story. Everything, everything's told at that point, at the point of shopping. So you're not only – even if you've never walked into that store before, you learn that the head office is in Austria, that it's, um, you know, how old the brand is and where things are made and that the jewellery is made in Thailand. And, like, you literally learn all this as you're purchasing. So I adore that. I think that that is particularly good retailing, that no matter whether you have – bought something there before and you're a loyal client or you've never stepped foot into a Swarovski mm. store, you're
0: made to feel like part mm. of the family. And you know what? I think that is such a good and, example because I never would have guessed that you would have said Swarovski. But you you know, and it's not a brand that I have maybe I've made one purchase or two like, like it's it's not, not a same, brand that I, I would ever yeah. you know, say that I'm, I'm a free no, customer. Me either. But what you're saying I can, you're no. right, it, it, yeah, it is, they're always, you yes can and you to know what? I've never ever seen um, them in the press for having like financial difficulties or you know c- cutting anything exactly. like that you're right yeah that's really interesting
1: because they're also what they're also not doing is they're not trying too yeah. hard so when they're launching new campaigns and new stories and things like that they're not going to the point where it's just like wow they've just gone so they've balenciaga themselves oh, out of God. the market you know like they've they they're not. Then there's no horror stories of anything to do with Swarovski. And when you think about Swarovski, everywhere in the world is consistent. Yeah. So you remember when we were like in our early twenties, all of the Srovsky stores were like that, really hideous Nina Rose like red, <laughs> yeah. orange and they all. <laughs> I you remember that. that? You remember? And it was hideous. And then they turned them into the Crystal Forest stores, which are the white stores with all of the crystals yes, so like nice that. Wow. And now they're doing an yeah and now they're doing another rebrand of stores again another fresh feel and they've got four colors they've got this really beautiful pale lemon they've got a really really lovely very minty mm. green um a blue a really powder blue and then another color which is like a kind of like a It's a Mm. dirty pink, Mm. basically. And the stores can either be a mix of all of those colours or Mm. one of those colours. So the Swarovski stores have gone into that sort of brand language. And you see that a lot with ASOP stores as well, that they're all different, but they've got a brand Mm. language. And... I love that because it's, the, it's just that consistency that we love when we're shopping in a retail store that we, we can walk in, even if we're not really paying attention, we're on our phones or we're gasbagging to somebody, you know, a friend that we're shopping with and you realise that you've walked into a store and you kind of come back into consciousness and go, mm. where the fuck am I? And you're like, oh, I'm in a Swarovski store. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's, it, you know
0: where you are. And I think that that has a lot of power. Consistency you know, to, to is pre- so important. Like, like, one of the things that we did mm-hmm. early this year... Mm-hmm. Um, once I came on to the, like the digital side of the business full time, which was like the um, end of September, I think. Once we finished all of our weddings, um, one of the first things I did was we have so many different like little offerings that we put out, like little free courses or little like whatever maybe. Yeah. I said, right, we just need to really spend before we release anything new, put anything out there, and you know all the rest of it. The first thing we need to do is get these consistent to make sure that they all have the same because you know we'd offered bits and pieces, you know, for years, for two or three years. So all of the pages were slightly different, different fonts, different styles, different imagery. I said, let us just, let's wipe this slate with this. Let's get everything consistent. And you can imagine that, like the appetite for my staff to be you know oh fab I can't wait to go I through did. all of these pay-. but you know it was, it's important to do because you do want to be consistent in everything that you are offering so the customer knows automatically when they see that thing or they recognise those colours or they see that brand logo whatever it might be where they are and what they're anticipating and what, what comes them. there's nothing more disappointing than something that's hit or miss you know like certain brands that are hit or miss for example I was talking about this just the other day there's certain hotel chains here in the UK, and I'm not talking, you know, super expensive, super... Um, you know, high-end chains. I'm talking about just like, you know, day-to-day hotel chains that you use for business or whatever. Um, there are brands that are so uh, consistent. Everywhere you go, you know what you're getting. And there are brands in the UK that are just fucking wild. You don't know if you're going to be sleeping on a king-size bed or if you're going to be hung upside down and st- looking at like a straw floor. Yeah, you, you do that, not that, know. Yeah, so, for example, yeah, Premier totally. Inn here in the UK, which is owned by um, Whipbread. Yeah. They are um, very consistent. You know, you know what you're getting. Yeah, up you know what you're getting. You know what you're gonna getting. Be You're gonna have to live with it. Yeah, you know it's what you're be the getting. The same up. You yeah. go. holiday inns over here are wild. You can have the most contemporary experience. Yeah. And it can be really lovely and you know great. Oh, you can go into the oldest. You know barn you've ever seen and being you know forced to be uh, sleeping in a manger Idiots. tonight yeah. it's horrendous. Totally agree. and it re- it yeah. really does yeah. matter. Totally. I, I guess I've, most people listening to this will either not have a retail store or have like one retail store. It's quite rare, I think, for florists to scale it up. But if you are, you know, even if you're looking at your one store, you want the colours to flow all the way through, the branding to flow all the way through, any the copy that you're using, the imagery so, that you're using, the logo if you have one, the typography, all of it needs to be consistent across. You know, the email receipt that they get or the bag that they leave with. Yeah, Everything. it just needs to tell one story. And it's a, it's like brand, it's business want. And making
1: sure that it translates like, what did, you know, how did you get people in there? You know, was it by your social media? You remember, love, we, we paid 100 quid to go and have some hideous eggs Benedict because mm-hmm. we'd seen something on Instagram. And then you and I traipsed over to Bloody Knightsbridge to have. You know, 100 quid eggs Benedict in this hideous store yeah, of artificial flowers. Was it? Yeah. And we got it there. It was gross. It yeah. was gross. It didn't no, meet our expectations, didn't. right? So, and so we'll never go back again. And you and I have both told that story a 100 <laughs> times to people about how tragic it was, yeah. Is, right. Yet, yeah, you and I have also both been to Sketch London multiple times and tell everybody what
0: a fabulous Yeah, movie. you can you can tell the story online life and you it's... have to back it up in real life. Do you know what I mean? There's no there's no point marketing and being fake and trying to be this and trying to be that and all the rest of it. Just Make yeah, just be honest and it. just be real, and just be like, "This is what we do. This is what we have. You know, this is what we're about." And then everyone knows. Everyone can see what uh, what you're offering, and then it's less pressure as well when you're being yourself and you don't have to overperform and try and be this and try and be that. If you're just you just who are, isn't that just like the secret sauce? Just yeah, let exactly. you get that love. Unbutton that top button. Yeah, you know totally. what I mean? It's just so much easier. So much easier. I'm bad it's funny because
1: I don't really have an example. Like I can think of a million times where I've experienced what you would call bad retailing. <laughs> but yeah. as a general thing, when I feel like it's bad retailing as such, is when I go into a store, right, and I actually have a really great experience. So, like, I walk into a shop and... There's, like, a really friendly, helpful sales assistant or whatever. And then I'm standing in that shop and I'm thinking, gosh, she's so lovely. I really want to buy something. And then you do four bog laps of the shop and you think it's all <laughs> crap. is <or> n- <laughs> shit. I don't want to buy anything. That, to me, is bad retailing. It's, like, because you've got the right team, but you're you selling fucking You know what is, a re-
0: like, a real bugbear for me? And maybe this is... I don't know if this is more of, like, a UK, Europe thing or not, but you tell me. So, two separate things. One, I cannot bear when fresh deliveries are left on the floor in a store for, like, just waiting to be processed and conditioned. Like, just, like, chucked on the floor. Oh, oh, we've just got our delivery in. The, The consumer should not have to... In her, you know, high heels, navigate stepping over your bundles of Hypericum. I've got no interest... In hopping <laughs> over your pen and roses, do you know what I mean? Keep it in the bag. Don't drop it on the floor. It doesn't matter if it's there for two minutes or twenty. Like what goes on the floor? Dog shit and not much else. Get it on a workbench. Put it in the bag. And the That's other it. thing that really grates my grinder is when <laughs> is uh, when uh, um, if flower uh, shops uh, are doing weddings or events and they don't... So maybe they're doing... They start off doing weddings and events, and they've done, like, now bigger weddings and events, and it spills over into the shop, because they don't have the facilities or the setup, yes, for the Spice. type of work that they're doing. If that is the type of if you're landing bigger jobs and you cannot produce them from the facility you currently have, get additional space. Get cheap additional space. It's going to be cheaper than what you pay for your retail premises, the rates are going to be cheaper, all the rest of it, and work from there. It's two sides of the same business, two sides of the same coin. But don't let one pollute the other. I've walked into retail shops and there's been like huge gems of flowers... Boxes of flowers on the floor, bridal bouquets on like displayed on shelves because they're waiting to be like wrapped and go out. And I'm just like, what lunacy is this, hon? Like, what are we actually doing? Like, it's two different things. So, like, you know, sort it out. I don't. When I go into a retail experience, I want a retail experience. I don't want. Oh, I'm sorry. We're just in the middle of like. And I've done it myself. I've been in a flat, worked in a flower shop before, and I've been there having to be like, oh, sorry, we're just. uh, You know, if you're stuck up by saying sorry, I'm. Not interested. All I want to hear is you uh, going. Uh, I remember a um,
1: I remember a florist shop that you and I both walked into, and we both had a moment about <laughs>
0: the
1: owner of the florist shop. And that day, it <laughs> yeah. was a fucking tip. An absolute yeah, that, that, tip. There was <laughs> shit everywhere and there was dirty vases from <laughs> asshole to breakfast.
0: It was an absolute <laughs> <so> shit show. <laughs> yeah, it was exactly the same. But <laughs> I could have walked in there wanting horrendous. to go, oh, you've got a guest. I was walking in. We well, Say I was yeah. walking into that store on that day Wanting you know To spend 200, 300 pounds On a bouquet or to discuss An order for a party next week It would have been impossible On what? On what? On the, on the no, 10 ex- bunches of dead salel well, exactly, That's about exactly, all that was on offer just think, And I know what it's like To be a small business owner, to be overwhelmed To have to, stretch. you know for the first 5 years of my business I built it In such a traditional way I had a wedding and event studio I had, you know, a flower school, I was doing commissions, you know, lecturing, uh, writing, art, that kind of stuff. Um and it was a very traditional way of building a business, and I was always juggling from one to the other to the other. Now that my offering is more simplified, you know, we have the membership flower class, we have the master classes, we have the school, and then there's me who does, you know, the writing and recording. <laughs> You're not wrong. Writing, recording, <laughs> you know, shoots all you know content creation, all that kind of thing. Um, it's far more streamlined, and I'm. I feel that we have less of those moments where it's just chaos because things are overlapping, you know, we've got one wedding, like, this year, my god, we've had so many weddings and events, and that, even that has been simpler to manage, because for the whole of the summer, we paused our online, um, not online classes, we paused our hands-on classes, we closed them off in um, February, we moved studios in the March, and we didn't run another course then until the end of September. Did that impact my finances? Yes, we did. Yeah, so yes, it did. Um, did it also mean that when we opened the courses up, we had to spend time and money like building them back up because you know we hadn't offered or promoted a single thing for six months? Yes, totally. Would people? Would I make the same decision again? Yes, I would because we did not have the bandwidth. Me and my team of eight, nine, ten people did not have the bandwidth with to be running classes at the same time, you know, week-long classes, two-day classes, whatever, at the same time as having to, you know, create... 40, 50, 60,000 pounds worth of wedding work every single week. Like it was just insane. And it was the right decision for us. And I know that in smaller businesses, it can feel a little messy at times, but really, you don't want that to be representative of your brand because all it takes is one person. Some people are not as forgiving and nice as we are. You know, some people will walk in, see it's a mess, see it's a tip, not get the attention or the service that they feel they deserve, and never come back.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Do you know what the worst thing is? Is that. When when yeah. your shop is in that state where it looks <laughs> like Baghdad, it is always when another I, florist yeah. walks in the fucking door. <laughs>
0: it
1: I know. is. I do. It is, girl. I remember uh, famously the most recent World Cup. But <laughs> I remember sailing into his shop in maybe like yeah. oh, 2011, and I minced in the front door, and I was like, "What <laughs> <the laughs> f- has happened here?" And he looked up at me, <laughs> and he was just like, "What are you doing here, love?" And I was like, "Well, I just popped in to say hello," but I'm obviously. <laughs> he walked into the workroom. <laughs> and he was like... <laughs> and it was just one of those situations where I was like,
0: girl, I can Yeah, that's that's true as well. It's always... Like, I remember there was a florist who... Um, you know, a, a British florist, Paula Rooney. Don't you, know, you know Paula Rooney. And she used to be... Ah uh, yeah, yeah, How could you yeah not lovely, know lovely Rooney. woman. Rooney. I, so love, I, is I is love a of like Rooney, I am. Please. And when my studio was in Liverpool, I remember one morning, I we had maybe like four or five was in. We had two weddings to get out. We were loading vans. I was loading, which is never a good sign when I have to load a fucking van. Um, and <coughs> I remember there was a knock at the door, and I thought, "Who the <coughs> sweet fuck is this?" And it was Paula standing there, going, "Hi, yeah. Oh my gosh, I'm just I'm here for you know, up in Liverpool, whatever. I'm just." here to say hi and you know and I just said I am so so sorry I said I have got two vans that I need to get out immediately I I'm, I can't talk I'm, I''m so I don't have a minute I'm so Unless you're about to You need those to move on. Yeah, exactly. and, I, and she was Go totally home. understanding and was yeah. like, of course, no problem. You know, she was like, good luck with the weddings." But that was a moment that I was like, I wanted to die because I am sweaty. <laughs> like, I have loads of vans. Like, everyone's running around. Like, we've got to get out the door. And then, like, a really uh-huh. good forest I know comes in yeah. And you're just thinking, oh, for fuck's sake. Like, this is... that? What did I do to fucking deserve this? Do you <laughs> know what I mean? And she couldn't have came two days ago yeah. when it was all you know, calm and everyone's prepping weddings and I'm sitting in the back having a big mac. She couldn't have come then, you know, she had to come in the morning, in the, you know, the more crazy when it was most chaotic, but there we are. Um, so, overall, if you had to oh, give hilarious. one golden little nugget from your golden goose of advice, um, what would that be for the upcoming retail period? What would that be? If it is on display... In the shop, put a fucking price
1: tag on it. People hate Amen. asking Amen how, how much shit is. Amen to that. Hate. I mean, it's it it it's got two things. It's either got a card on it because it's about to go out with a driver, or it's got a price on so it. So many to sell florists a
0: will just, just style it. their shops with merchandise. And make it look beautiful. Yeah, exactly. What? Yeah, Who, and, and you know, one themselves. of the first florists I worked with I was so guilty of that. And she taught me, well, taught me badly how to merchandise. We would just create beautiful, gorgeous vignettes. There would be a price absolutely nowhere. And, um, you know, people would walk in and go, oh, that's pretty. And then never buy anything. You know, atrocious. Mm, I mean, yeah, we used
1: to do things like you know, Mm -hmm. I do a good shop doll. And we would do things like when we merchandise the store, so we'd fill vases, for Mm -hmm. instance, with Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm, stock mm -hmm. that was just excess stock and it was on display and it was glamorous. So, you know, you might have, you know, a 30 by 15 centimetre vase, which has got 20 Mm -hmm. stems of quicksand roses Mm -hmm. in it, right? It's got one bunch of quicksand in it. So we would would put on the Mm -hmm. bottom of the vase 20, so that you knew that it was 20 stems of quicksand roses so that you could literally, if someone said, oh, this is really pretty, it's just like, oh, yeah, that's 20 stems of quicksand roses, something like that sort of size is going to set you back about 200 bucks. And they're like, oh... Yeah, because the the thing is, when you're busy, you haven't got time to stay. There is nothing worse. I have seen it. I've seen it with florists that are just fumbling around, faffing around, trying to add things up and find a calculator. Or even worse, I have seen florists that are just like, I'll need uh, to go out and check my no, to see how much on. that is. Come on,
0: that's terrible. Yeah, no, come on. We should do better than that.
1: You know, so like things like that, you, yeah, price the shit have it ready to sell, work out how it looks when it leaves the store. And that's it. That is literally my parting advice for how to have a successful season, because if it's priced and ready to go, so hand-tied bouquets, hand-tied bouquets, they do not belong in a vase full of water. They belong in a fucking
0: water in a bag, bag ready to be carried out of the shop. My (laughs) advice would be, (laughs) I had one golden little bit of advice for success. For this holiday season, I would say think more long term than just this holiday season. And I would say prior- prioritise data capture, prioritise you uh, defining your offers early. In my opinion, once Halloween is out the way, or if you're in the UK, once Guy Fawkes Night is out the way, then you are at full liberty to just dive on in to your festive, um, you know, marketing. And I think that you need to begin with your offers early, define what they are, don't discount them, but do try and apply additional value that has a scarcity element. So when it hits the 1st of December, oh, this offer is no longer available or something of that nature. If you are really trying to push pre-orders, which I think every florist should, the more pre-orders you have, the more of an idea you have of what the volume is going to be you can pre-order your stock and achieve cheaper pricing etc etc so if you're trying to push pre-orders which you should be then offer a fantastic bundle fantastic offers but they are only available until x y and z date and then you cut them off and you move on to the next offer but ideally plan your offers in advance make sure that you have suitable content or create suitable content to lead you through in the marketing period across November and December and make sure that data capture is a big part of what you're doing because when you can build the holidays, the Christmas period... Into the first step towards having a really fantastic Valentine's and then a really fantastic Mother's Day because they're all relatively, if you know, in the UK and Europe they're relatively close. In America, it's a little bit more distant, and in Australia, it's a bit more distant as well. Your Mother's Day is in May, isn't it? Uh, whereas ours can ours can be gosh, end of Feb, March, April, you know, just depending on how how the dates fall. Um, but it all leads yeah, through, you know, if you yet. start this with, with these processes now, you know, building your email list and you have more people through which you can market to when valentine's comes and you can offer them a great offer if they pre-order and all the rest of it and the same with mother's day so i would use this think more long term use this as a stepping stone and really up your marketing game that's what i would say um, yeah. and you know who knew that this podcast but would start off with on the dining table and end on long term marketing strategy it's who we are it actually started it and actually we're going to end it the there card before card we have to seek straight. further legal advice thank you so much for joining this entirely entire <laughs> podcast have a wonderful day